ladies and gentlemen, this is Three Brothers Talking. This is not a podcast, but a audio blog of something that was written by me, David, and not everything that I write makes its way over to the podcast. Uh, most of it stays just written. So if you have any interest in reading more, uh, go on over to davidappelt.substack.com, and uh, you can also find most of it there at threebrotherstalking.com. Enjoy. Dealing with critical theory disagreement in the pews. It seems that parts of my last post on the subject of critical theory were either misunderstood or not written clearly. I suppose it is not totally unexpected on a subject like this. Regardless, this follow-up was one I had in mind before that last post published because I wanted to focus on a question that hits us at home. So, what do I do if the person next to me on a Sunday disagrees with this? What do I do if they love white fragility, Ta-Nehisi Coates, and cultural pluralism classes, and I don't? Hopefully, this can serve to clarify some thoughts shared previously, as well as explain how we ought to be dealing with these things in the pews. Take a deep breath. The first thing that I think most good Christians ought to be doing when these subjects come up is to take a deep breath. We do not need to jump to level 11 just because someone in the Bible study mentioned something that sounds sort of like it might have been lifted from an Ibram X. Kendi book. Maybe our ears should perk up to listen closely, but we shouldn't shoot fire aim at the mere whisper of a potential issue here. Hopefully, you are in a God-fearing and Bible-believing church. If that's the case, then you should default to trusting that those people next to you in the pew might have a few issues in their theology, as I'm sure we all do, but that doesn't mean that they are necessarily the worst person you can imagine. Assume the best of your fellow Christian, especially when you can see a track record of faithfulness and experience in their life. However, this street must go both ways. It is not only the job of the one who rejects critical theory to be gracious to the critical theory advocate, and it is not only the job of the critical theory advocate to be gracious to the one who disagrees with Robin DiAngelo. If you are a Christian, it is your job to maintain unity and show grace when possible. That means dealing with people honestly not hysterically, lovingly, and not hastily. So, if you disagree with my thoughts in the last post, it is my job to not assume that you are a secret Stalin, Mao, or Horkheimer. It is likewise your job not to assume that the other Christians are not Hitler, Robert Byrd, or Jim Crow personified. As I said in the last post, your fellow Christian might simply disagree with the solutions. That does not mean, however, that they love the problems in the first place. Them disagreeing with the method to solving issues is not the same as supporting and loving the issues in the first place. Even them disagreeing with the existence of some of the problems does not make them inherently evil. If you are presuming that this is what it means, you are being lazy with your thinking and you are not being sober-minded in any conceivable way. A point on a counterpoint. When you cite the sufficiency of scripture on a subject, that is categorized as political, sociological, economical, etc., people are likely to say, yes, the Bible is sufficient, but that doesn't mean it touches on every question we could ever ask. Don't we need more than only the knowledge found within the scriptures on some subjects? After all, we didn't go to the moon through reading Bible verses. I certainly understand the drive behind this objection because the rationale isn't totally bogus. After all, I'm not saying that the Bible gives us the answer for calculating the speed of light. However, The argument is a red herring. We are not talking about a subject that is outside of God's revelation. Asking a question of right and wrong is not some kind of obscure technical question about building a computer that the Bible has no statement on. 
you are asking about right and wrong, justice and injustice. You are squarely within the borders of Scripture. There are many ways to skin a cat, but if the Bible were to prescribe one morally, then that's probably the one we should use. To say that the Bible is sufficient is not to say that the Bible does answer every conceivable question on the subject in exhausting detail. We have some explicit things in Scripture that directly apply to us today, and there are also clear principles that form the basis by which we can reason through other questions. God's revelation is the frame of the worldview. The scriptures are the train tracks, the guardrails. When we spot human reason and that bumps into these rails or goes off these tracks, then we subject it to obedience unto Christ, 2 Corinthians 10.5. The question in all of this is, which authority is the starting point and the ending point, the final authority, the Bible or modern perspective? Again, this is not to say that we have nothing that we can ever learn from a modern sociological textbook. This is to say that the textbook is never more authoritative than God himself, and that we all ought to be carefully examining what each book says in light of God's revelation. Sometimes, falsehood's subversion to the truth is obvious. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it tries to tell us it's actually part of the truth all along. Is it wrong to think your fellow Christian is wrong? If we presume that we are never incorrect, and we also presume that we have the only potential biblical, loving, and compassionate perspective on everything, then it is very easy for us to presume that a fellow Christian disagreeing with us is, by necessity, morally wrong from the get-go. Don't do that. In my last post, I said in no uncertain terms that I think that critical theory is dangerous, and I do believe that. I do think that it's the type of worldview and collection of thoughts that cannot indefinitely exist at peace with a biblical worldview. I think that a Frankenstein perspective that tries to use both will not work, and one will eventually have to conquer the other. It is not out of a spirit of condescension or superiority that I would tell a fellow Christian who subscribes to CT that I have a concern about it. I imagine they would say the same thing to me, but in reverse. That's happened before. And guess what? I'm still friends with that person, and they're still friends with me. So long as you can see that the fellow Christian is trying their best to live out the truth of Scripture, then you should fight to look at them as a brother or sister who's on your side, not an enemy. I promise you, two genuine Christians who prize Jesus and his word will always be more on each other's side than a Christian in the world. Don't let the world tell you anything different.